Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 74 of Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we're discussing the topic, why can't I lose weight? Cortisol, the weight loss devil. Cortisol is the primary stress hormone, and it's made in the adrenal glands. It's elevated when we experience heightened anxiety or stress, and it's lowered when we're in a relaxed state. When cortisol levels rise, all of the body's energy goes into handling the stressor instead of focusing on digestion, the immune system, or other regulatory functions. Cortisol stimulates carbohydrate and fat metabolism for quick energy. It prompts insulin release and maintenance of blood sugar levels. This can cause an increase in appetite and cravings for sweet, high-fat, and salty foods. Today, we're discussing healthy ways to lower your cortisol levels. Welcome, everybody, to Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we are doing podcast number 74, Why Can't I Lose Weight? Cortisol, the weight loss devil. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kel. Thank you, Nikki. Hi, everybody. This is going to be interesting. I think a lot of us have cortisol issues. So before we get into that, though, let's do the quotes of the day. I'm going to do two of them. Okay. Dieting is the only game where you win when you lose. And that's by Carl Lagerfeld. I like that. <laughs> and then the next one. Dear stomach, you're bored, not hungry, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There you go. That's the new mantra. Shut yeah. up. Shut. <laughs> Shush. Shush down there, right? I don't even get like that stomach hunger anymore. Like I don't even let myself get hungry. Is that funny? I mean, I probably should. You're supposed to let yourself get hungry, but I don't really get to that point very often. I'm constantly like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, if you're if you're a nibbler, and I'm a nibbler, uh, and I think that has to do with cortisol. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it uh, <laughs> it's that little devil in there is in your brain. That you know all those cartoons they used to make where the angel was on one side of your head and the devil on the other, making you do bad things. It yes. makes me think about that little devil, but that little devil was actually cortisol, and you didn't know it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the angel, we're still trying to figure out who that is, but uh, yeah. we, we think it's our spirit, the good side of us inside, right? They, yeah. But uh, I think I figured out who that little devil is now. It's cortisol. <laughs> <laughs> we have so an, tell me about that. Yeah, the, uh, we have an article here that I really liked and I wanted to share with everybody. Uh, it's called 10 Ways to Lower Your Cortisol Levels, and it's by Dr. Elizabeth Swenner. Uh, she's a doctor of osteopathy, and I just really thought she laid this out great. It's an article from May 2020, and we'll have it in the podcast notes. So I'm just going to share some of her comments here, and then we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about the 10 ways, okay? okay. Let's see. Caring for your mental well-being is always important, but especially so right now. When anxiety levels surrounding COVID-19 are high, Long-term stress and anxiety can be detrimental for both your physical and mental health. So she wrote this in that, uh, you know, when COVID, not long after COVID, became a big issue for us. And uh, let's see, she says, here's why. Cortisol, otherwise known as the stress hormone, is made in the adrenal glands. It elevates when we experience heightened anxiety or stress. And it's lowered when we're in a relaxed state. When cortisol levels rise, all of the body's energy goes into handling the stressor instead of regulating our bodily functions like the digestive and immune system. For example, she says, 
the analogy I like to use is being chased by a lion. If you're being chased by a lion, you're not worried about catching a cold or having a bowel movement. So normally, cortisol helps to regulate weight, appetite, body metabolism, blood pressure, and glucose. But when you're under chronic stress, you can experience increased anxiety or depression, headaches, memory problems, brain fog, digestive issues, and a weakened immune system, weight gain, insomnia, and pre-diabetes, and much more. Think about all those things, all the good things. Cortisol isn't totally a devil. It does all kinds of good things. So the problem is, is when you're in a state of stress, whether you're stressed out over work, kids, the list goes on and on and on, right? How you look, uh, w w name some other things that might give you stress, Nikki. Um, like Breezy just uh, hurt her foot. She has a stress fracture in her foot. So that created stress. So like um, illness or um, kids getting hurt. Um, that's definitely stressful for me. Driving a car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. I mean, in bad traffic, that is you don't, really you, stressful. You don't have to have you don't have to have total road rage to be stressed out, right? Yeah, it's like a, another layer of stress. Yeah, so anything you do which creates fear is going to create stress, which is going to increase your cortisol levels, which is going to increase your anxiety levels, especially in the case like here, what, what's she talking about? Regulating, uh, regulates weight, appetite, body metabolism, blood pressure, uh, glucose levels. Common signs. Let's let's talk about common signs of, of when your cortisol levels are high that you know. First of all, you can feel that anxiety going on because cortisol is a good thing in the sense of it kicks in the fight and flight uh, part of your nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, which we've talked about in the past. So you have the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system calms you down. It's your feed and breed mechanisms. Uh, it's the beginning of the breeding system, which in the end of the breeding system, it, it, it kicks in more there in, in the sympathetic system at the end. But we won't go into that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here, here's some things related to it. So anxiety. You start to feel that anxiety. Let's, let's take driving a car for one. You're driving around, and, and, you know, in younger kids, obviously, when you first start driving, you're probably anxious all the time, looking around and nervous about everything. But then you get more relaxed and more comfortable as you get more experienced, and you're, you're cruising along, but then somebody cuts you off, or you're in a rush to go somewhere. You want to get somewhere fast, and then there's a bunch of traffic, or there's an accident, or you uh, something with the car goes wrong, or, you know, a myriad of things. The light turns red when you need it to be green, whatever it might be, right? I can't mm -hmm. count the number of people that run light, red lights in California and probably all over the country, but a lot here. You know, one time in California, yeah. they put up all those stupid uh, cameras at the intersections, and that drove people nuts and and uh, even increased anxiety levels even more. But let's hear signs and symptoms to know that your, your cortisol levels are high. They can produce headaches, chronic headaches, uh, memory problems, and brain fog. You're feeling a little brain fog? Could be too excessive amounts of, of cortisol in your system. Digestive mm. issues, your gut problems, a lot of the gut problems occur. You know, uh, The right amount of cortisol is helpful in your digestive system. Cortisol is a hormone, and so it... it gets that just a little bit just a little what the what the adrenal gland should produce just a small amount uh, helps all those other hormones interacting in your gut 
and with your nervous system all working right together. But when you have excessive amounts, it screws it all up. Uh, it can lower your immunity uh, because you're in overdrive and, and it causes inflammation in the body. We're always talking about too much inflammation, too much inflammation. Your immune system is connected to injury uh, and illness, you know, bacteria, viruses, fungus, things like that get into your system, your immune system kicks in to fight all that off and kill it and get it out of you. You get injured uh, from from an accident, like you said, uh, Breezy was it that had a, a, a stress fracture? Mm -hmm. Yep. Her immune system kicked in to go heal that area. Same uh, substances, uh, your white blood cells, uh, different different cells go to that uh, injured site and help heal it. That is part of your immune system functioning. Well, too much cortisol turns on the immune system, even though it doesn't necessarily need to be. But by kicking on the white blood cell function and all that, it's recognizing you got too much of something in your system, so it turns it on. And then it, it helps in the process of reducing those levels. But if you're constantly in that kind of a state, it, it, it's in overdrive mm -hmm. all the time. Cortisol leads to weight gain because cortisol is a hormone that part of the process of storing the excess amount of calories you're eating, but it can also lead you to eating more food, which increases the calorie levels. That's it, true. You know, it's a vicious cycle there. Yeah. You know, the, the, you got excessive amounts of cortisol. You're, you're feeling stressed and depressed. You go eat food because the food for a time makes you feel a little better because you're producing those endorphins and other uh, happy hormones. Uh, that mm -hmm. uh, and that was podcast sixty five by the way. If you want to talk, hear about the happy hormones. They, uh, <laughs> uh, so you eat the food and you've eaten too many calories. You got the excess cortisol already right there in your system, and they bond together and and store that uh, fat for you. Uh, let's see insomnia. You know, how many times you have people? You know, I lay down and I just can't relax enough to go to sleep. You know, then they're taking things like melatonin, which is another hormone, uh, which is affected by production in the uh, of the adrenal glands or the function of the adrenal glands. Melatonin is directly related there. Uh, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? It's so funny because yeah, when Breezy had the stress fracture and we had to go get an X-ray and everything, I couldn't sleep very well the, the night before because I think it was like. I didn't realize I was stressed, but I was stressed for her, you know. Well, now we're going to, yeah. yeah, we're going to get into now 10 things you can do to lower your cortisol levels. Okay. So you, the next time you're recognizing, first we want to help people recognize when do you have high cortisol levels? And that's what we've just done, right? Yeah. And so now we're going to talk about ways to counter that when you're having a cortisol episode. Let's see mm. here. I've got one more little paragraph here that uh, Dr. Swenner, I believe I'm pronouncing your last name right. I hope so. Let's see, she says also, but I know that maximizing anxiety is easier said than done. So I've laid out several ways to help you lower cholesterol levels and maintain a calm state of mind during this uncertain time in our lives. And these aren't pandemic specific tips. They are lifestyle changes that can carry with you throughout your life. Number one, eat a whole food plant-based diet. Duh. How many times have we talked about that? You know, it's just uh, a constant battle for all of us, especially when we uh, live in a uh, the Western diet, which is processed foods, which is going to be our ne next podcast, talking about uh, why can't I lose weight, and we're going to talk about processed foods. But uh, it, uh, it's got to be there. 80% of your diet should be coming from a minimum of plant 
plant-based foods. That means, that means what, Nikki? We've talked about this time and time again. I'll let you share that. Eight, did you say 80%? At least 80%, yes. Yeah. Oh, it just means like fruits, vegetables, should plant-based. Be, should, right? should really be 100%, but okay, let's be realistic. Then, yeah. Um, yes, uh, leafy greens, all the leafy greens. Any vegetable that's green, eat it. And these things also help lower lower cortisol, but they also reduce inflammation in the body. One, by lowering the cortisol, but in many other ways. They're healthy. Your gut flora loves all those green leafy vegetables. They're high in fiber, loves the fiber. All those little microbes love all that stuff. All related. Again, we've talked about serotonin levels all being connected in the gut. Your gut's messed up. You're not getting the happy hormone serotonin like you should which leads to that depression, uh, fruits and fruits and vegetables, two to one vegetables to fruit. So if you eat a pound of vegetables, some kind, you can have a half a pound of fruit. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the, uh, we, we like to encourage people to eat, uh, berries, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, anything, anything that's a berry is good for you. Uh, uh, and also things like, um, Added on the list, not many people get into their diet, but cranberries, uh, pomegranates, things like that. Uh, also, flax seeds, um, anything omega-3s that you're giving you, the omega-3s especially. We get lots of 6s and 9s, but not enough 3s. And the, and the uh, salmon, the, the good wild-caught fish, things like that need to be part of that. Eating the whole food, not the processed food. Number two, add supplements. If you're eating crappy, you need to add supplements and good supplements. We always tout and promote uh, Standard Process because they're one of the few companies out there that does the whole food supplements. They take whole foods, they dehydrate them in a safe process that doesn't strip the nutrients, and then they put them into pill form. And your uh, you, you you do tend they tend to be a little more expensive than some of the other stuff, but most everything you can buy at uh, the regular retail stores is going to be from synthetics. Even stuff you'll find in the health food stores, you need to check the labels, look at the bottles, even even in the health food store because you're not always getting the good stuff. So supplementation mm-hmm. is important, especially if you're dealing with what we've talked about in the last few podcasts about your body type and whether or not your organ systems are now being affected and you're a little older, you're beginning to have digestive problems, you're beginning to have other health issues, tends to all lead back to these kinds of things. You've been spending too many years eating all the processed crap, uh, your hormone levels, you've been stressed out for many, many years over many different things, and your systems are just beginning to break down for lack of good nutrients. So adding in supplementation. See, deep breathing. Here's something that Dr. Swinner recommends in deep breathing. Several studies reveal the benefits of deep breathing exercises. And here's her recommendations for at least five minutes, three to five times a day. Eases anxiety and depression and improves memory, which we all need. Let's Mm. see. uh, Here's a couple of apps she mentioned that if you need an app, uh, which I suppose those apps can even, uh, you know, you can either set the timer on your phone or uh, uh, alarm, or these apps probably do it for you too. I haven't looked up the apps, but I think I will now. Uh, let's see, deep breathing apps like Insight, Timer, or Calm. So, yep, there's a timer there. So it reminds mm-hmm. you to do it. And uh, you can go check those out. I'm sure there's a lot more online. 
Any th any comments there, Nikki? Do you deep breathe? Um, I try to think like relax. I used to do this meditation, um, listen to a meditation um, that trained me to like when I heard the word relax, it would like relax my body. So I try to do that sometimes and sometimes it works and other times like when I couldn't sleep the other night when Breezy had her x-rays and stuff. It's like hard to get out of that. Like it's like a like a level of anxiety. Yep. It's hard, hard to break out of it. But yeah, definitely deep breathing would help a lot. Yep. I've heard of that Calm app. So, and she recommends five minutes of it three to five times a day. So take the break, take five minutes, breathe deep, breathe slow, in and out. I mean, think about, you can actually, uh, I into scuba, got into scuba diving several years ago, actually been scuba diving since I was a kid, but mm. seriously, you know, finally got certified and did all that, even I'm a rescue diver certified, but wow, scuba diving really helps you learn how to deep breathe because oh. you're trying to not use up your air in your tank. Uh, so you want to slow that breathing down. So you tend to breathe in slow and deep and learn how to let the air out slowly. And that is very calming, especially, you know, scuba diving can be stressful too. So that's another effect, calming effect on you when you're scuba diving, when you slow your breathing down. So they say to deep breathing also, like when you're doing, um, like singing, yes. acting, no. mm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. You're course. in all that, and they they get into that too, right? Kind of can yep. put you in the mental mode for your acting part too. Yeah. Right? Relaxed and yep. Because you need to be relaxed, right? I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. your part may be a stressful part, so you but you got to relax before to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're right. right? You're okay. right. <laughs> Number four: Reduce your caffeine intake. Caffeine causes stress. It uh, increases mm. your heart rate. Uh, actually causes vasodilation of your blood vessels and your extremities, but causes constriction of the blood vessels around your heart. Not good for your heart, causes your heart to beat faster, and uh, increases the cortisol levels, and it, and it spreads that cortisol out around your system much more quickly as well because of that. Uh, so stop drinking the caffeine, throw in there. You can throw the alcohol on top of that. You can throw the sugar in there along with it. Uh, but uh, all these things, especially the, the caffeine, throws your cortisol levels off. And it gives you the highs. It's part of what gives you those highs and lows. You know, you drink the caffeine. you For a time, you feel the energy. And you get a boost of cortisol levels, too. Which caffeine's kind of a weird trigger, too, because it throws you uh, into, okay, I get more done. But mm -hmm. you're also in a higher state of stress. And so mm -hmm. when the caffeine is depleted and used up, you can feel exhausted and worn out and you tend to feel more worn out. But oftentimes that worn out feeling doesn't help you go to sleep. It kind of still is in a state of, I'm just exhausted, but I still can't go to sleep. Tired and wired. Tired and wired. Very good. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and the next one, number five is get adequate sleep. They, <laughs> if you're not getting ad adequate sleep, you uh, your cortisol levels are high. You, you know, naturally, if your body's functioning normally, your body produces melatonin when it gets dark outside. And that relaxes you. The melatonin is relaxing. That's why they're selling melatonin over the counter now to help people go to sleep at night. The problem is, is then it causes your own body to reduce its melatonin production even more. And you mess up your hormone cycles and, your, and it causes your 
hormones to be out of balance and it also if you stop after you've taken the melatonin for a while you stop taking it it takes a while for your body to start making it again on its own an appropriate amount so i never recommend you take melatonin uh, to to get to sleep you need to find other better ways and there are many other better ways if you start eating right you exercise right you know we've talked about this in previous podcasts go back and look at some of the previous podcasts on on getting to sleep i think we did four different ones on sleep in the past and and go back and listen to those if you're having sleeping problems it can be very helpful to you that vicious cycle vicious cycle you overdo the caffeine so then you can't sleep so then you wake up the next day and you're overly tired and so then you're like oh i need caffeine (laughs) yep yep get you back to to that they and so many other things affect our sleeping issues but see cortisol levels kick in they're at their highest when we wake up in the morning when it gets light outside we naturally increase our cortisol levels that's help part of what helps wake wake us up and get it going in the morning as we talked mm. about earlier all the different things that cortisol actually is helpful for in the body and so that gets going in the morning and then you drink a cup of coffee and you all of a sudden give yourself a super boost to cortisol and, and it stays with you throughout the day mm. Let's see, exercise regularly, a big one. Uh, 30 to 50 minutes daily is recommended by the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. See, here, and here's a recommendation regarding exercise. Walking your dog doesn't count. You should be pushed to a limit where you can have a conversation while exercising, but not be able to sing. Have you heard that before? Oh, that's funny. Huh. Like Singer and I will go on walks. You know, we always recommend people walk fast, three to four miles an hour. I have a longer stride than Ingrid, so she gets a little frustrated sometimes. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, so I tend to, to, to not always, she has to go faster to, to, keep, to keep up with me, which makes her work a little harder. But when he, we still can talk, but it's a bit of a strain to talk. So we often stay silent, but we know when we're at the level we want to be, when our conversation becomes somewhat difficult. We can say a few words out, but I, I haven't actually tried the singing. I'm going to do that this next time. Uh, so yeah. why don't you do it too and let me know. <laughs> Go ahead and serenade Ingrid. <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. Okay, here's a good one I had never thought of before. Number seven, write in a journal. Have you ever thought of that? Reduce cholesterol levels by writing in a journal. Our, uh, you know, the church that I'm in has recommended since forever to people to keep journals and mainly, you know, to keep a record of your family history and all that and pass that on to your ancestors, etc. But I never thought about it as, wow, it's actually therapeutic. Uh, So I'll have to bring that up to people more often that uh, writing in a journal is therapeutic. Sometimes just getting thoughts down on paper is helpful. If they're happy thoughts, you can relive them, which Mm. we've talked about before. So you're reliving the good times. Your cortisol levels will go down. And if they're stressful thoughts, you can purge them so you're not going over them continuously in your head. So I never thought about that either. Have you ever have that happen? Where you... uh, uh, have a thought just run around and around in your head over and over and over again. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever tried. Hey, let me write down that thought and then I don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, do that next time. And I'm going to do that next time because uh, they're saying that that will stop that cycle of repeated it, uh, flow in your brain. If you just write it down, then it's like it, then it's like it's done. Yeah. I've had those kind of exercises when I've done like different acting programs. Oh, okay. Where, they put yeah, that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really helpful. 
I don't do it consistently, but while I was in the program, we well, did and, it. And I don't even know, you know, writing in a journal doesn't have to be a daily thing. Uh, but I think if you're finding yourself that you have a real problem with cortisol, if you have the adrenal body type, uh, you should definitely keep that journal and write in it a few minutes a day, even just a few yeah. thoughts. Uh, it will help relax you, help lower those cortisol levels. You can pass that on if you want to, to, to your ancestors, and then they'll have some memories about you. And, uh, you know, my, my grandmother kept a journal from probably the time she was like 50 uh, until she died at 90. She was almost adamant about re writing in her journals. I, I think the last three years or so, it was pretty sporadic because her mind was kind of deteriorating. But, you know, mm. you, you're bored. the journals can be boring too, by the way. You, you don't want to just hit, 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 write down uh, what the temperature was today or what the weather was like. <laughs> uh, writing down your personal thoughts, like they're talking about, I think can be so significant and helpful. Let's see, indulge in hobbies. So take up a hobby. A good, another good one, anything and everything from talking about here, take up learning an instrument, drawing, crafting, gardening. I like to grow things, so I, I tend to every day spend a few minutes a day playing with my plants. I find that very helpful. Mm -hmm. Let's see, going outside. We've talked about that in the past. Get out into nature can have a very calming effect. Just getting out, taking walks in your neighborhood. Unless you live in downtown L.A. and it's just a concrete jungle around you, uh, you, <laughs> you know, walking around the buildings might you might find that calming as well. But I I was in downtown San Diego the other day and and we were driving around. It was kind of cool to see all the buildings and stuff. But I don't know that I found the experience relaxing. It wasn't until we got <laughs> out of the city that I found myself being more relaxed. Last one, number ten. Don't lead with fear. Putting fear first can be distracting. It allows us to make inappropriate, impulsive decisions we wouldn't make otherwise. Be mindful. Take deep breaths. Take part in all the above tips she's already talked about. All these things will lead to being more positive, less stressed, more less depressed, and more happy. Any other final comments you wanted to? I'll, I'll read. Uh, I'll read her, uh, Dr. Swinner's final comments here. It, Go, but go ahead and share whatever you'd like to about this oh, podcast. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm done. Uh, I was just going to read her stuff. I can read hers first if you'd like, and then you can share. Sure. See, you don't need to tackle all of these tips at once. I know that can seem overwhelming. The best way to make lasting positive changes is to do so little by little. Incorporate one or two into your routine at a time until they become habit, and slowly add in others. Slow and steady often wins the race. Again, back to the turtle, not the rabbit. <laughs> Go ahead, Nikki. Share whatever you. I like. was just, I was just looking up um, dance classes. Speaking of indulging in hobbies, because um, there, I, in our mail, there was a flyer for Dance Stop Studios, which is a place around where I live, and they have adult classes. And I've, I was just thinking how fun I should go and check out. They have jazz, tap, ballet, um, and hip hop. So, I think I'm going to. I'm gonna do go that now. Yeah, Ingrid and I, uh, we started taking dancing lessons. By the way, right. I would suggest to everyone, if your relationship is having issues, take a dance class. It requires you to do something together, to interact together, to touch each other, which brings out those happy hormones. Uh, do you remember <laughs> which one, Nikki? Um, is it oxytocin? Yes. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, oxytocin. We want to increase oxytocin, the love hormone. 
they uh, so go out and go dancing uh, and take a dance class so anyway we started during COVID and then it shut down and we still have some dance lessons we paid for that left so we were mentioning that the other day we need to go back and finish our lessons and aren't you guys uh, up for an anniversary Dr. that's right oh, yes today's my anniversary 33 years 33 years wow yes. amazing congrats yeah, thank you thank yes you, thank you well thanks everybody for listening Yes, definitely. Thank you for listening. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And I look forward to the next podcast. Thanks, Dr. Kel. Yes, we're talking about um, why can't I lose weight? Ultra processed foods. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, goodbye. For questions or comments, please email us at healthtalkwithdrkell at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-L-L at gmail.com. You'll find the lowest prices on standard process whole food supplements at holistichealth.standardprocess.com. As always, we recommend you seek nutritional advice from a qualified healthcare professional before starting a supplement program. And for natural and organic health and hygiene products, see our sponsor's website at oceanbaynaturals.com. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and host Nikki Sterling.